And now. And now, introducing the one, the only. Now let me introduce to you. Lively talk with successful people, barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show. Okay. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Jenna Ben Show. I'm your host, Jenna Benemy, and with us today. Oh my God, you guys, I've been waiting for this. Winnie Sun, the number one most influential woman in finance on social media. She writes for Forbes and CNBC and so much more. I mean, I just, I can't wait. How are you? Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here with you. You are, I, you know, I actually, so tell us where you're from. Well, I'm here from Southern California. I mean, literally, I think I was born probably 10 minutes from where we are sitting right now. No way. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I was born and raised in Los Angeles. And right now I live in Orange County with my dear husband and three kids and my business. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I, and you know, so much has happened. I think about like where I started and where I went to school and my friends, my family and where I am sitting now. I feel quite blessed. I mean, it's just amazing that I'm here with you. Okay. So you're married. I am. Tell us about your husband. Well, he's great. He, um, well, he is a real tech nerd, if you will. He's a high level <laughs> engineer. And now he uh, is like the superior, most popular dad on campus to my kids. He's like carpool <laughs> dad. He's got to be like, if he ran for president of the school, he'd probably win. He's that popular with all the moms and dads. Um, yeah, he's he's like my rock. He's my support. He's good. Good people. So, and I'm guessing he's like charismatic and fun. He is. He's like a walking, talking panda bear. No. <laughs> yeah, he's like so much fun. He's a great dad. He's always wanted to be a dad. And um, yes, he because of him, I can do what I do because I'm I'm oftentimes in a different city every day of the week. Oh, my God. I love that power couple right there. <laughs> OK, so just so that the audience can learn a little bit about you before we dive in, tell us what you're working on now. So right now, you know, I'm working on so many different things, as you know. So I do quite a bit of work with CNBC. Um, and I like I literally came from Good Day LA this morning. Yes. Where I talk about money and getting people through. You know, right, right now we're talking about how to prepare for a potential recession. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. Um, I do TV work. I do a ton on social media. You might know I actually have the largest financial or business tweet chat on social media. We average between 150 to 350 million impressions per hour per oh week. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's a lot. And then um, on top of everything, I work with so, some wonderful brands, and we are. I'm on my third company right now. Um, so right now we have three companies. Sun Group Wealth Partners is our our wealth management practice that's been around for almost 20 years. And wow. it's amazing. We work with clients all over, uh, a lot of them here in Southern California. And um, and uh, I guess this is the first time I'm going to be sharing this with you. Uh, I have a uh, vitamin line coming out with a very wow. good friend of mine, which I'm super excited about. And then I just finished a project with LinkedIn. Uh, we did a course together, uh, teaching kids about money or teaching parents to teach our kids about money. And that's coming out soon. And there's a lot of other things that I can't talk about on air yet yeah. because they're coming. But I'll just hint. Uh, we have a TV show coming out soon. No, you do not. We okay. Do. I'm not on surprised. A, on a on a network. Yes. So he, um, when we spoke, you told me the story of how you got started. Yep. And I think find it very interesting that you're kind of going full circle back to TV. So tell us about that. Well, you know, that's a, you know, it's, it's so amazing because I never would have thought I would be in TV. 
So really how it started was about, you know, I was like the typical Asian kid. If you don't know yet, I'm Asian. I have <laughs> Asian parents, like very Asian parents. In fact, they're first they're immigrants, you know, from Taiwan. I was the typical Asian kid. I did really well in school. Absolutely could not touch sports because not only was I not athletic, but my parents wouldn't let me do sports anyway. Mm. So all I did was hit the books. I did really, really well in school. About three months before starting college, my mom pulls me aside and she says, honey, remember that project that we, I don't know if she said honey, but she said, remember <laughs> that project that we invested, dad and I invested in, in Claremont? I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, one of the partners is going bankrupt. And so it's pulling all of us into bankruptcy. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So that means you can't go to that fancy school up in Northern California. You're going to have to pick another school. And I said, that's fine. But what it really meant was starting school. I ended up uh, attending UCLA, which was absolutely the best decision for me. Mm. And then when most kids were excited about maybe rushing a sorority or a fraternity or making new friends, moving to the dorms, my goal as soon as I got there was check in, get the keys, and then hit the ground running to looking for work. Mm. Because it wasn't just about paying for school. Because we really, I wasn't really that concerned because I knew I was going to have student loans. I mean, that was a given and yeah. financial aid, all that stuff. But what I really needed to do was to kick it in high gear and help mom keep the house. Mm. Um, because, you know, going into bankruptcy at that crucial time, I think really affected my dad in a really negative way. I think he felt like he, you know, failed as a husband, as a father. And so my mom mm. really was sort of the, the person that pulled us through. So I ended up working tons of jobs and then eventually landed on a TV show called Jones and Jury, starring famous attorney Star Jones. And I landed the job of a page. And for those of you who don't know. Yeah, tell us, because I didn't either. A page is a really awesome, really elegant, really sophisticated position. <laughs> I just want you to know that. That's my definition. But a page, what they do is they walk people from outside to the audience. And then they walk audience members to the restroom. And then back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> and I ended up being quite talented at this skill. I just want you to know. Yeah. Yes. And best in the game. The best. I was, yes, Jen, I was the best page, <laughs> like absolutely best page. So then one day the producer pulls me inside and says, you know, the, the audience producer needs to go on medical leave. So we're going to have you step in. I said, sure, I'd be happy to step in. And they said, and we're going to promote you to head page. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and then they're like, and you get an extra dollar an hour. I'm like, yes, I get Score. paid more. This is amazing. And I get paid more. I still walk people to from the audience. <laughs> um, so I did that for a while. And then eventually a producer reached out to me and he says, you know, you're, he said, he didn't know my name at the time. He goes, hey, UCLA. I was like, yes. <laughs> and he says, you're pretty good at this. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good at walking people to the restroom. And then he said, well, if you start an audience, a television audience production company, I'll send you all my shows and I'll send you my daughter's shows. And I'll say, cool. That is, that is like the coolest opening to your life right there because that kind of launched everything yes at 20 years old that's what launched everything yeah okay so so tell us what happened from there so I went to the city got myself a business license went to office depot bought myself a um, floor model fax machine this is how long time ago <laughs> it was 
and went back to my college apartment. I got into business, and that's how I started the business. And then from there, um, within three years, we were the second largest in the United States. I was moving people from TV show to TV show, including Americans Funniest Home Videos, Will Fortune, Jeopardy, Gladiator, MTV Pilots, Kathy Regis and Kathy Lee, all these different shows wow. that filmed in L.A., and we became like the audience company of choice. Um, so life was really good. I got myself a uh, a BMW, Jenna. It was salvaged, and yes, I bought it at a police <laughs> auction, but it was a BMW. And you gangster um, girl, I was so gangster. <laughs> I don't even know how I drove it, but uh, and then I got to eat craft services. Uh, like yes, I was yeah. the last person in line, <laughs> but we still got to eat craft services. So we were legit. Yeah, at yeah. that point. Oh my god. Okay, so three years in, you sold it. You made a bunch of money. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so what happened was um, I, I needed to please my Asian parents, right? Right. And they said, well, we didn't send you to school so that you could uh, work in TV. I was like, what's wrong with TV? I could, well, your sister's going to be working on Google and you're going to be working in TV. <laughs> okay. they didn't, but weren't you making um, good money? I was making good money, but I didn't tell them how much I was oh, making for right. one thing. <laughs> but not only that, I think they always felt like there was more potential. And oftentimes when you're filming in TV, you'd be working from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. So mm. the hours are tough. And then so to please my Asian parents during hiatus, I would go to UCLA at night and take the certified financial planning program at night because I wanted to help my parents better understand money and mm. saving. So that's what I did. And um, eventually when I was almost done with the program, the uh, dean of the program says, you know, Winnie, you're ready for Smith Barney. And I was like, hmm, mm. I don't know if I'm really ready for Smith Barney because I have a really great job that I really love and I get craft services and life is good. But then my <laughs> boyfriend, who's now my husband, he said, well, honey, you know, you work from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. sometimes. That might not be a great long-term plan. So I said, okay. So I went to Smith Barney and... Um, I went to the recruiting session and everybody looked like Jenna Ben. Everyone looked like a supermodel. I was like, what the heck am <laughs> I doing girl. here? Right? I'm like, uh, so glad I still have a job because this is not going to work out. <laughs> and then, of course, sure enough, at the end of this beautiful recruiting session of like ex, you know, ex uh, baseball players, ex supermodels, uh, everyone's walking in. They're saying like, oh, you know, you'd be so lucky if you got a job here because everybody wants to work here. We're walking out and I'm at the end of the pack and someone taps me on the shoulder and they said, Miss Sun? I said, yes. We'd like to see you for a moment. And I said, oh, crap, I parked in the wrong spot. I have a tendency <laughs> to do that. Um, going to get towed or something happened. Um, they pulled me into a room, a conference room of like eight grown men like a dark wood table and these men have cufflinks and beautiful suits with their initials hemmed on the cufflinks. And I thought, what am I doing here? And they said, Miss Sun, is this your resume? And I said, yes. And you work in television? Yes. And they said, um, so how do you, how do you get people to the audience? So I explained to them. And then about, you know, 20 minutes into the grill, they said, we need to come. We'll be right back. So they all left me in that conference room by myself. <laughs> And then like, it You're felt sweating. like an hour, yeah. And then they came back and they said, young lady, we're not letting you leave this room until you sign with us. <gasps> and that's how I got into the financial industry. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. What an honor. Well, I negotiated deals. So it wasn't just, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? I still need more. <laughs> I love that. I love that you went in there feeling intimidated. And despite that, you still decided, no, I know my worth and I'm going to fight for it. Oh, absolutely. That's 
you know, for better or worse, I always knew, and I know you know, because I've seen you in action, Jenna, you know, I always knew nobody could outwork me. Maybe mm-hmm. outsmart me and maybe outposition or, or out, you know, have more funding than me, but nobody could ever outwork me. Mm. Oh my God. That is such a true statement in my eyes. Yeah. Okay. So you went in there, you negotiated, you got the deal that you wanted mm-hmm. and fast forward now, mm-hmm. what was your first real gig after that? So from there, I sold the business to a competitor. I sold the television audience production business. And then I joined Smith Barney and I started cold calling. Well, they, they, they sent you to training. And then I came back and I cold called. And the beautiful thing is I was an amazing cold caller. And really? The, yeah. And I'll tell you why. It wasn't, it wasn't magic. It was because, as you can tell, I sound like I'm 13 years old. <laughs> and um, people don't usually hang up on 13-year-olds. Um, so, yeah. That's, but but a 13-year-old talking finance? Yeah, well, when you're cold calling, you don't immediately get into that. You don't do that until they come into the office. So at that point, you just want them to come in and meet you. So so you sounded like the, the cute assistant. I, I sounded like a child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so people warmed up to you. They did. They came in. I told them. And I, I don't know if they felt sorry for me or what, but I end up killing it. Like I was hitting every, I was breaking every record year wow. after. So the first four years I had, there was this thing at Smith Morning called, um, gosh, Blue Chip Council, which was like so hard to do. Like almost nobody did it, but I did four years in a row. And I was just like, oh my goodness, how did you do this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know any wealthy people. My, my family, there's nobody, <laughs> there's no wealth. So all I could do is call people in an area where there weren't that many Asians. Um, and they came to see me, and then I got into different companies. So I had strategies in mind. You know, we were, we just have to work harder and, like, a little trickier. So what I would do is I would focus on certain companies. Like, for example, the Los Angeles Times was a company that I first went after. And they had a lot of employees with a lot of money. And, you know, you can't just get a phone directory for the LA Times. So what I would do is I would figure out the main phone number, and then I would, at night, create a spreadsheet. So let's say the first numbers were two, one, three, two, three, seven, or whatever, right? Mm. So then I would make a spreadsheet of zero, 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 one. And then so in the evenings when the employees went home, I would cold call the numbers, write down the employees' names, and then I would call and leave a message, and then I would just wait for the phone to ring the very next day. So if they didn't want to talk to me, they wouldn't call me, and I wouldn't get my feelings hurt, and all was good. Oh, Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a good strategy. Right? Because cold calling sucks, man. It like, does. Rocks. <laughs> I have trained sales teams on selling and cold calling, yeah. but you can't get me to be a salesperson. Right? Yeah. It's not that bad, though. I mean, uh, you could put a filter so you sound a little younger. No. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it today, but at the time, it wasn't that bad. I think just the idea of being stuck like in a room on the phone all day. I, I really enjoy interacting with people in person. And you know, I've had people be like, oh, can I call into your show? Can I do the show remotely? And I'm like, nope, I need to see you. I need to feel your vibe. Let's hang, you know? Well, and you have a beautiful voice. So I think they would like totally, they would want to talk to you, Jenna. They'd be like, yes, Jenna, sell me anything. <laughs> sell me ice cubes. What do you have to sell me today, Jenna? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Okay, so you then, um, you're kicking butt. And so what happens after Smith Barney? So then, you know, Smith Barney eventually got bought out by Morgan Stanley and uh, the managers who I absolutely loved left. And I just felt like it was time. So we were looking at different offers. A lot of uh, firms that were looking at us for a long time just thought we would never leave. So once 
word got out like within I think within five minutes that we were looking at options. It, I only did it when my manager left because I would not have left because he like like he was like my mentor. I just adored mm. working with him, but he left. He walked out the door. Phone five minutes later, I made one phone call to one friend says, you know, we're looking at options and instantly the phone started hitting. So everybody is calling us. Merrill Lynch was calling us. UBS. Everyone's like, so we're here. You know, we want to talk. So we were uh, told that we were given the biggest all cash offer mm. by UBS. So that was quite an honor. But we end up not taking the money, not taking the sign on bonus and working with an independent and starting our own shop, if you will. Um, you and your team? My team and I, right. And um, I, I do, I'm very fortunate because I, my business partner, Brandon, Brandon Chang, he's, uh, he's been my business partner now for 18, 19 years and we haven't fought. And that's a big thing. So I think- What? You have not fought once in 19 years? No. I mean, we've had moments of silence, like extreme <laughs> silence, but no, we haven't full on fought. He's good. He's good people. Do, my little brother. How do you recover from that though? Because, you know, there's obviously going to be like difference of opinions. And then I understand the kind of the, the silence, right? And then you just kind of like you take a breather, mm-hmm. but then you just, you never address the issue. We do. We talk about it. But the I think the thing is when you have a similar core value system, mm. you just know like you both mean well and maybe like you're missing, it's usually a misunderstanding. It's, mm. I can only think of maybe twice it's happened. So. Wow. We've, we've been, it works out well because we're so different. We're like polar opposites. Really? Yeah. Like I'll give you an example. He's, he's better looking, but <laughs> he doesn't like to talk to people. So he liked to sit in his cave all day. Uh-huh. And um, I'm an introvert, but I have learned to be an ambivert. So I can talk to anybody and, you know, I, I tend to be a little warmer than he is. <laughs> yeah. No, you're very charming. So... Um. What did your manager slash mentor teach you? He taught me so many things, but probably the most valuable thing he taught me was how to uh, work with people, how to build a team for myself, mm. and how to nurture a really positive environment, but most importantly, on how to empower my team to a point mm. where I don't have to do everything. Yes. So I feel like I'm really good at that. Um, you've met Curtis on my team. Yeah, my team he's is wonderful. Amazing. Shout out to Curtis. Woohoo, Curtis. Who's in the room, by the way. I've yeah. never let anyone sit in on an interview, but. I know, we feel so honored. Yeah, Curtis is an exception. Curtis is pretty special, I say. <laughs> Curtis has been with me since he was 19. We travel the world speaking, filming, editing, producing, all sorts of fun stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, Learning how to assemble a team, empower a team, and Mm -hmm. learn to kind of let go and trust. Yes. That's everything. It is. And I'm so confident that that's like a huge factor in your success. Thank you. Um, Emotional intelligence is, you know, it's it's more important than skill these days, if you ask me. What do you think? Absolutely. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we are people doing business with people. And we are caring for each other as people. And there, there's so many studies that you can look at and everything else. But at the end of the day, you know in your heart if you're treating your people right. And you know in your heart if there's problems in your team. But, you know, one of the best lessons um, John Knopp, who's my, my old manager, taught me was he says, you know, Winnie, the one thing you can do that will keep you safe is number one, always tell the truth. And number two, not, let the truth never change. So regardless if you're talking to one of your team members or your entire team, it doesn't matter. Make sure that message 
stays consistent and 100% the same every single time. Mm. And that's how people trust you. Yes, consistency mm-hmm. is key. Yes. Interesting, interesting stuff. Okay, yeah. so where's where's John at now? I don't know. He's well, John. John, you know, John and his wife, they were both managers at Smith Barney. So I, I don't know. I think as soon as they decided to walk out, they like they could have bought an island. <laughs> oh, wow. So they did well. And so they he was like, well. sayonara. He's like, yeah. I gave you all the wisdom I got. You're on your own. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, not completely like that because um, we, we are still really, really close. He's like, Winnie, um, I said, I called him when I said, John, well, since you left, I've been taking offers. I think I might go to this firm. And he's like, hold, 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 hold up. Where are you going? Because I have another offer, and if you go there, that would make the offer more enticing to me. Mm. And I said, well, if you would go, then I want to look at it for sure. So we ended up, yeah, we actually went to the same firm. I love that. (laughs) He's good people. So sweet. Okay, um, so then you had this firm for 20 years? Well, yeah, well, I mean, in the financial industry for 20 years. um, So we were already the Sun Group at Smith Barney. Then when we started our own firm in 2011, it, it was just, it just became Sun Group Well Partners. And um, so that's been that way ever since. And so a lot of people always ask, so how did you get from that to where you are today and all the things that you do? And that, that you want to hear that? I do, but I want to know, is your partner's last name Sun as well? No. So he just, damn, look at this OG. This is what I love. And uh, this probably, like a lot of people probably miss this, but you have a male partner who deferred to you and took your last name in the partnership. Am I right? I don't know. He, I don't think he even thought of, of him taking my last name, but I think what happened was at the time in the financial industry, like when you work at a big firm, they don't really let you have a lot of leeway on how to name your team. So we couldn't think of what to name our team. And then the, my previous manager, he goes like, well, call it the Sun Group because Sun's cool. It's a cool name and nobody can argue and you can take it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of how it came to be. And then like Brandon was just like, I don't care. He really doesn't care. As yeah. long as he's making money, he can hang out in his cave. He's happy. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Because he's introverted. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. So now continue. So then, yeah. So I think um, about five, five, eight years ago, um, Maybe even longer. One day at Smith Barney, they said, you know, you can start using LinkedIn now. We're going to let you use LinkedIn, which was my first social media platform. Because being the typical Asian kid, I'm like, okay, I don't need to do social media because that's so much for extroverts and I'm so private. Forget it. But then once, like, the teacher said you could use LinkedIn, which was, like, the office I was at and the manager said. So I'm like, okay, well, to be the good kid or good student, if you will, at work, then I'll use LinkedIn. So I started doing LinkedIn, and then I landed a $30 million client. Wow. And that really opened my eyes on the possibility of social media. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to go all in on this LinkedIn thing and built out my profile and um, worked really hard on it. And then eventually... I decided to have a child. And that was sort of that big moment because Mm -hmm. my job, as you know, for the firm is to bring in new clients, whether it be cold calling or seminars or talking to people on the phone. And I said, how am I going to do this? Because I don't want to just be one of those moms that drops out their kids at daycare. I want to be a really active mom. I wanted to have it all because I actually, you know, I think Jenna, you and I are similar to this. If we're going to do something, we're going to do it right. Yeah. We're not going to so-so do it. We're going to be like the best. Yeah. And I wanted to be that best mom for my kids. Um, so at that point I decided to go more in on social media. And so I just kept spending time on it and everybody was saying like, 
well, you know, this is the first anyone said, why does anybody in the financial industry even need social media? Mm. I mean, my business partner for years was like, Wendy, if you just spent less time on social media, we probably have so many more clients. And uh, this like, you have vision, girl. What year was this that you got into social? Oh, goodness, it was like 2009. Okay, way ahead of the curve. I mean, it was already late. I mean, it was so late that I couldn't get my own name on Facebook. It was late. I think, okay, late, but ahead in terms of, if you look at today's times, you know, like there's a lot of businesses and professionals that are trying to break into the social space to Mm -hmm. create awareness Mm -hmm. and exposure. And, you know, you're already there. Yeah, it it was fortunate to to trust my instinct and not listen to my business partner because he must have told me at least 20 times I should stop doing this social media thing. And I was like, I don't know. I just have a good feeling about this. So I kept building and building. And eventually one day I got a call from Forbes. Mm. Is this Forbes LA Business Council or Forbes? No, Forbes, the magazine Forbes. This is before everybody was writing for Forbes that they had all these contributors. I was one of the first in the personal finance space. I met um, my editor, John, in New York, and we talked, and he gave me a column, and I have now been with them, I don't know, probably seven years. And then um, then eventually CNBC tapped me and reached out, and um, I appeared on CNBC, and... Uh, I thought they would never have me on again hmm. um, because I crashed and burned. No. Did you really or are you I just being honest? I did. I did. Well, <laughs> this is so true, okay? So I was on CNBC and then my publicist calls and says, so how how'd it go? And they said, well, she looks the part. She knows her stuff, but there's something wrong with her tongue. No. <laughs> yes, sir. And Jenna, you would have you would have been like laughing your head out because I was laughing. God, I was so I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, there's nothing wrong with my tongue. I, I've, <laughs> I've existed so many years. Nobody has ever told me this. But what I, I went through, like, because you know, I figure I need to fix myself. And they said, you know, she should go to a voice like tongue doctor or something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so literally, this happened. CNBC told my publicist. So I went and found a doctor, really expensive. Went to see him for like a year, and then um, went to see another voice person and then i started to do facebook live by myself and i learned how to fix myself because of facebook live doing mm. it each and every day and it turned out there was nothing wrong with my tongue what it turned out to be the case was at home i spoke chinese before i spoke english mm. so i i was speaking chinganese without <laughs> really knowing i was speaking chinglish um and then after doing Facebook Live all the time, now it's so funny. Now, whenever I do a show, they're like, oh, wow. They'll, they'll call my publicist. Oh, she's a natural. Like, oh, <laughs> a you're natural like, uh-huh. seven years in the making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but now it's now it's really, really fun because like today I got off um, Good Day LA and Mark Steinis, who I knew from Home and Family, and I think he was in Access Hollywood or something too. And he's like, you're so good. Mm. When you got gear, you're so good. It's so, it's so. I'm like, Mark, you're so funny. <laughs> you are, you know, you are so good, and you're so good because you're you, and you're not. You know, when you see people on the news, they're kind of like, I mean, just to stereotype, they look pretty sterile, you know. And then the women kind of deepen their voice and they get really serious. And well, Mark, you don't say, you know, like, they, like, <laughs> like I just can't, I can't do that. And you're not that way. You, you too. Thank you. But you, you stand on your own, you know, like, you know, your stuff and you don't try to fit yourself into any other mold. And that's why you stand out. 
Thank you. I and, appreciate that. And I think that's that's some good advice for our listeners too. Is like first learn your craft, mm-hmm. and then stay true to who you are, and that's what people are going to fall in love with, right? I think so. And then just be so good at what you do that it doesn't matter what they say. Mm. And like, I could care less what they say now because I'm so happy. I feel like life is so good. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> It is so good. Okay, so you have um, you have two kids. How old are they? No, I've got three. Oh, got you have three. three pack. Yep. Damn. <laughs> and you're kicking butt. Okay. She is seriously like my girl crush, guys. You don't understand <laughs> this one over here. Kicking butt at life. Okay, how old are your kids? So 10, 7, and 5, almost 6. And I tell you, you're not going to believe this, Jenna, but I got to tell you. I want to say this on air because I want all your listeners to hear this. You know, children bring you happiness and wealth. Mm-hmm. And every time I had another child, like life just got better and business got bigger. And I'm to a point where my husband's like, maybe we should have started earlier and have more kids because like this is, <laughs> you know, I could have retired sooner. <laughs> That's so I mean, interesting. Yeah. If you could have kids and you could carry them, we would have more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally. So um, I'm not having kids. I decided I probably a few years ago, I don't know my whole life. I just, you know, I never saw myself as being a mom. Neither did I. Interesting. But I you've been with your guy since college, right? Uh, yes, but I purposely waited not to have kids for a, over 10 years after marriage because I didn't wow. want to have kids. I thought my business, you know, my career was taken off. I had a dog. Life was great. I didn't yeah. really feel a need to have kids. I didn't feel like I had space for a kid. Mm. And I only had a kid, Jenna, because I have an incredible husband. I know he really wanted to have a kid. So I'm like, fine, I'll give you one kid. Mm-hmm. And like, let's move on so I can get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> but then my one kid came out and he looks like me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, literally like the, like even now at 10, he's like the nicest human being. And he, he set the bar so high. Like if my third had come out first, sorry, honey, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. She's what so real. Happened. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> But my uh, my third one, whoa, he is a <laughs> tough baby. I mean, not he's getting older now, but my first was so easy. Ah. I mean, got me tricked. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. I, I'm not saying that everybody needs to have kids because sometimes I look at my uh, my business partner, my friends that had no kids. I'm like, oh, wow. They're like, yeah, I'm like <laughs> wow. So you have really nice stuff and really nice cars <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I have three kids. <laughs> and there's no vomit or mud yes, or like boogers everywhere. Yeah, and everything's clean. Well, and, and not only that is like, you know, you're not the bank of mom all the time. Like you got cool. You got like, you can just decide to go to Bora Bora tomorrow. I can't yeah. go to Bora Bora tomorrow. <laughs> I can go to Bora Bora you tomorrow. Can, right? Like it's a good and life. you should. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, okay. Winnie, what's your favorite junk food? Uh, like everything. Well, I love <laughs> me too. Yeah, I am. I have such a sweet tooth. You can't even believe. Yeah, but I'm. I'm. I'm very good. I'm better now. I shouldn't say I'm great. I'm much better now. My sister's on this whole like meat only thing. I don't know. I I can't do that. But yeah, meat so. only. Oh, like paleo. Like like meat. Like no vegetables. Even just oh, meat. I know. I can't. I can't. Well, I'm also vegetarian, so I just can't. But. <laughs> But yeah, I can't, you know, I grew up in a home where um, my mom served salad with every meal, including breakfast. Like we'd have pancakes and then there would be chopped salad, you know? What a great mom. She's the best, literally the best you could ask for. Hi, mom. 
<laughs> Hi, mom. You're awesome. <laughs> so with this junk food, I ask every guest this because I'm like fascinated. Now, okay. do you alternate between sweet and salty or are you just like loyal to the sweet? No, I love chips. I love salty chips and I love really good french fries. Mm. And then I love white chocolate macadamia cookies. Mm. Have you had the ones from Dee Dee Reese in Westwood? Well, I went to UCLA, so of course. Of course. <laughs> duh. Uh, duh. They, were, they used to be a quarter of pop. I don't know how much they are now. I know. They no, were good. They're, then they went up to 33 cents, and I think it might be like <gasps> three. Maybe it's still three for a dollar or two for, I don't know. Yeah, but it definitely went up. Mm. You know, my parents, oh my God, you probably knew my parents' restaurant growing up. <gasps> my parents owned Falafel King. <gasps> of course. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> That is so funny. Okay, so I am a princess. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Westwood. Like my parents used to give me 40 bucks for the day and they were like, they would just drop me off at Oz and I would go and buy all kinds of junk. That place is so cool. It was so cool. I and love they the had like Hello Boas. Kitty. And, yeah. um, and then they'd have those, you know, those paintings where you'd like cross your eyes and then yes. you'd see another image. Yes. Yeah, so I would go and I remember and just, this. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, you were like the rich, cool kid. Because no. <laughs> kids that hung out with in Westwood for $40, that's like really, really cool. I guess back then that was like $100. It, it was because taking the bus was a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> it was like crazy. Was it a quarter? I don't know. I don't remember. But all I remember was we would take the blue bus to like Westside Pavilion and hang out because yes. that was a cool thing to do. So Westside Pavilion, I think, is closing or renovating. I don't know, but it made me so sad. It's been ghost town over there. And every mall yeah. that I grew up with, Century City and the Beverly Center, they've all changed. That's I don't okay. like change. But you know what? It's going to become a Google, I think. No. So that might be <laughs> is cool. It? I, I heard that it's going to become a Google. Interesting. Building. That's expensive yeah. real estate. It is. I hmm. remember seeing Magic Johnson like walking up and down Westside Pavilion. It was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So when we were talking, we got into how there's so much shame around money and not having much of it. Mm -hmm. And I really want to talk about that some more. And I know this is a little bit of a passion project for you and creating that exposure and taking the shame out of, um, if you don't have as much as those, I guess what I want to say is we tend to give so much respect to the people who have a lot of money just by virtue of having a lot of money. And it sounds to me like your agenda is to make that shift into respecting people for who they are. And, you know, what do you think? I think, Jenna, you're absolutely right. I think um, so many times we look at what people own, what material goods they have, and we, we feel like that defines them. So obviously that person has the plane, the real estate, all the toys, and therefore that person is more worthy than me. And um, I think being a financial advisor was a very unique experience because here is this kid. We grew up. We didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of wealthy friends. And I became a financial advisor in an office with people who all, who mostly all came from money. Mm. And so I remember um, – wearing my express suit. I felt so fancy. And, mm. and yet everybody else was wearing Armani and all this stuff, right? Um, and and my whole agenda is to make money relatable. And that's what I do with Good Day LA. And this is why we do like, we do a money tip every single day. We do a 90 second money tip. Because I do think if we can reach more people, especially when they're younger or in their 20s or even younger, when they're feeling uncomfortable and they're feeling like, like 
they just feel really insecure. They don't even want to talk about money or how they don't have money. Mm. But if they could be comfortable talking about money, they can start focusing on making more money. You know, I think, Jenna, like for example, you, you saw your parents, entrepreneurs, hustle, yeah. work hard, have success, being in Westwood, you know, having a restaurant, making money at a very young age. That's what makes you like superwoman now. Mm. But not all of us are that, that way. And so we could change that, make it so that you know what, you know, investing can do. You know what your credit score is. You know what uh, a mutual fund is. And you know who to talk to about money and where to go for, for information. Then it becomes no different than talking about what you bought at Costco. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the perception out there is that if you don't have a lot of money, seeking financial advice seems silly. It seems like, well, how are they going to advise me? Where, I mean, what money do I have to invest? They're not going to want to waste their time on me. And that's very accurate because that is the financial industry as you know it. Mm -hmm. The financial industry right now, as you know, it is uh, designed to work with people who have money, uh, who have significant money that they need investing and manage. But as we know, if you helped more people early on with the, the sort of the primary basis of money and giving them tools to make money, then eventually they'll be your most loyal clients. Like I actually met, I actually spoke with someone who was introduced to me uh, who works at NBC. And she said, Winnie, I had gone to 12 different financial advisors already last year and nobody, and everybody said they couldn't help me once they realized that I just needed some guidance because I didn't have money mm. and, you know, I'm making good money, but like, Bad things happened to me financially, and nobody wanted to even spend a second meeting with me. That's what's wrong with the financial yeah. industry because we make it so that only people who have money should come to us. But the knowledge that we have, because we're trained in this, is applicable and usable to everybody. Mm. So that's kind of what I do on Good Day LA, which I'm so excited about. Mm. We talk to regular people, right? Like the advice that I gave on air today was for the regular person. It wasn't for someone who had like hundreds of thousands of dollars in their 401k. It's about simple things like budgeting and trying to live off one income if you're in a you know family and talking to your kids about money, like the basics that mm. everybody deserves to have. But unfortunately, we're not taught this in schools. So- um, that's really like a like that's really what I'm so excited about, and actually, I, I probably should share this with everybody. So LinkedIn and I we partnered up on a course, yes, to teach uh, parents to teach their kids about money. So that's coming out. I'm hoping. I think they said either end of this month or next month. So you know, you'll want to be on lookout for that because the first the first day or so that it comes out, it'll be given out for free. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, how long is the course? It's all. It's a really long course. I think, I think it's like fifteen courses. Okay. Yeah, it'll be worth it. It's everything that I actually teach my kids, and my kids, let me tell you, are like so good with money. You would be. I mean, this is actually you're gonna be the first to know this. I'm actually getting my children credit cards, including my almost six year old. Wow. Yeah, and next month I'm getting them all credit cards. And are they gonna pay off the balance with their allowance? They don't get an allowance. I actually don't. Uh, believe in allowance okay yeah so they're they're not getting allowance but they're going to have the credit cards they're going to learn how to use them and then i will show them how to pay them off i will pay them off because i want to build them credit mm, but smart. we will be going through this process it's going to be a learning tool 
I mean, they already use my credit cards now because I let them pay at Staples. But、mm. you know, now they're gonna have cards with their names on it, and they're gonna remember this. And not only that, imagine if every child started building credit at six years old. Wow. I mean, when they get into college, they'll be able to rent an apartment themselves. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that is so cool. So, all right, let me get your take on this. Okay. Do you? Think that it's more valuable for when your kids become like old enough to work, fifteen, sixteen, for them to twelve. <laughs> well, I started at twelve, and it was know, illegal,、right? honey, but I did it. <laughs> Now <laughs> it's legal. I mean, yeah, it right. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, if they're really doing things around the office or whatnot, it's. Oh, I didn't. I wrote know. an article on Forbes, yeah, last month. So check it out on、uh, actually hiring your child at work. <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? It's called, I think it was something like the、uh, juniorpreneur or something like that.、Mm. Yeah, that's so cool.、Um, okay, so would you rather your kids get internships、mm-hmm. and gain valuable experience and、um, potentially get hired by、mm-hmm. the company that they're interning for,、um, or go out and make some money so they can learn how to use it and be responsible with it? Well, ideally, I want both, Jenna. But between the two, I would rather them get an internship、mm, and to learn how to network. Yeah, right to build because I I didn't know how to network. My parents never taught that to me, and I wish because when I worked in television, like imagine the people I was meeting. Oh my god! But I didn't know anything about networking. I didn't know how valuable it was.、So、I don't have that many contacts from those days. But I want my kids now to learn how to mingle.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you putting them in social situations to help build those skill sets? I'm trying to. I think they certainly aren't as shy as I was when I was their age. They're a lot better. I think today's school system does a much better job with public speaking and interacting.、Mm. So I do feel like they're all very good public speakers and、uh, they're good in social si- situations. But I think the the best thing that my husband and I do for them is we travel extensively. So I always say, if I'm not working or I'm not traveling for work, we're traveling with the family. So we literally travel all the time. So, for example,、um, this just happened a couple months ago. It was a weekend, and my youngest goes, "So, mommy, what are we doing this weekend?"、Hmm. I said, "You know, we probably need to go to grocery store and do this." And he's like, "Oh." I said, "What do you want to do?" He's like, "I think we should hide it." What do you mean we should hide it? What? It's not a verb. What does、we、that should, mean? We should hide it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, we will hide it. So he's like, open the hide app, find us somewhere to stay. I'm like, okay. So um, and and so, so I I reached out to my friend at hide it, and I I tweeted this out, and it became so popular. I said, so I just want you to know, my son said that we should hide it this weekend, so we hide it this weekend. <laughs> I bet they love that. Oh, they love it. They're they're such good people. Yeah, we're we're good friends. <laughs> so great. So you were telling me that. As far as your kids know, you're broke. Yep. Yeah. So, and why? Why is that your approach? I think it's really important. I think one of the best things that my parents could have given me was like a great financial education. Because imagine、um, going through bankruptcy with your family at the age of seventeen.、Mm. This was probably like an MBA in you know in the last you know I don't know four years of college, three and a half years of college.、Um, there's so much wisdom in. And having challenge in life, and I don't want my kids to be without that valuable lesson. So if they know that financially we're doing well, then everything comes too easy, and that's not fair to my kids. My kids、mm. need and they deserve to have some struggle in their lives. Yeah. So yeah, they're always like 
like my son was in shock that we, I said, well, we don't own this house. What do you mean we don't own this house? Uh, the bank owns the house. We actually keep, we borrowed the money from the bank and we're paying the bank back. Like, oh my goodness. So they could take our house away. They could. Mm. So we can't, we can't spend that much money. So um, it's, it's so interesting because obviously we do pretty well. And um, when people look at their, like, my business partner always says like, why are you so cheap? Just like let them buy the blah, blah, blah. Like, like mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, go to a dollar store and let them buy three things. I'm like, no, they can buy one maybe and they don't really need anything. So I think they should have nothing. And then he's like, oh my gosh, why do you do that? You can afford this and that. I'm like, it, it doesn't matter what I can afford, mm. but my children need to know how to survive without money. And so we put a lot of emphasis on vacations and time together. But I'm not a big fan of buying material Material items. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was a kid, I would say it wasn't about the quantity. I think there's so much confusion now. And, you know, being around friends who have kids, um, it's like every weekend, can we go to Toys R Us or can we go to Dave & Buster's, which is really expensive, by the way. Um, You know, and I think that I agree with you that you're kind of robbing them of the enjoyment of maybe just that one cool thing, you know? Yes, I'll tell you what, you're going to, Jenna, you're going to love what I do for birthday parties. Mm. So, you know, when you have a child has a birthday party, they get like, I don't know, like, you know, 20 gifts from all their friends. Yeah. So I actually have a closet at the house and I put them all in the closet and they get one gift. They can pick one and then the rest is goes in the closet and then throughout the year once in a while I'll let them open one so this will last these gifts will last years and the reason that is is because when they focus on just one item yeah. they really value the one item they yeah. don't need that many toys and so some of it will be given away some will be donated but at the end of the day they start to learn to appreciate having less yeah. and the children will actually tell you they, they're they're good enough. Like I love that my son says, "No, I don't need more." Or mm. even for food, you know, "No, I'm I'm full." Like he under like the kids now understand um, without us having to teach them about moderation. So, do you think when they tell you that they don't need more, it's not coming from a lack of confidence or lack of self worth, saying I don't deserve more, mm-hmm. but it's coming from a place of I have enough. I am content content. with what I have. Yes, I feel like I have enough and I'm good. Wow, that's Mm -hmm. really nice. That's really nice. So now when before you put them in the closet, do you let them unwrap everything? Nope. So they have to choose blindly? Yes. (laughs) Okay, all right. I would die. I'd be like, I can't sleep. I need to know what my options are. But if they open the one thing and they absolutely don't like that one item, we can like open a second item. But, you know, I... I don't really want them to do it unless it's like like they open something and it's, and it's literally something they absolutely would just end up in a junk pile. So I don't mm. want them to open the box. And, and, and sometimes I know what they really want. So I'll buy them the item they really want and they'll mm. just trade for that item. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. So to what do you attribute your success, Winnie? Goodness. I think, I think Jenna, we're probably in the same boat in the, on this. I think... You know, we have a natural affinity for optimism. We believe in a better day. We believe in a better mm-hmm. story, a better future, and we believe that we could have better. And um, and the pursuit of better, I think, would be, I mean, I don't really think of myself as successful, but I guess basically on paper and whatnot I am. I feel like I'm really content. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I've been been fortunate because obviously you didn't get here myself. I've been fortunate to have like an amazing support system of friends. Yeah. And I picked a good team too. <laughs> yeah. So that worked out well. Well, cheers to that. I know cheers you're not a drinker, but I I drink am, my water. Yes. I'm going to toast to you with my Azunia tequila. Ooh, love Azunia, these guys. Love the name. Cheers. Oh, so pretty. Mm. Nothing wrong with a little shot here and there. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you guys at Azunia. I love you. Um, okay, so what does your husband say about the progression of your career? Because he's been with you since the beginning. <laughs> he has. I don't even think he quite understands everything because just like I think it wasn't even that long ago, maybe like less than a year ago, um, I think I was I was speaking at some another big conference or on another show, and he says, well, why do they need a financial advisor for that? I was like, honey, you know, you realize I'm so much more than a financial advisor <laughs> these days, just so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's when I, real, I realized that he really didn't know completely everything I was doing. But how could he? Because he's so busy with the kids and I don't mm-hmm. come home and like share everything that I do. But now I've been better bad, better at it. I come home. I'll tell them what I'm doing. I'll show them the check I got for what I did. Yeah. Um, and I think it was because I think that was when I did a partnership with these because I also work with Hertz Rental Car. Mm and several large brands and he was like well why didn't you franchise i'm like well you know it's because um i have a really big social media reach and yeah and then he's like oh okay that's cool <laughs> oh interesting okay <laughs> so yeah. he, was, he you know the nice thing is he he just supports me and he's excited that i'm excited and he knows that i love work i'm sure you do too mm. um it makes me really happy so i'm happy working like i don't want to be I love my kids and I would love to spend time with them, but I don't want to be carpool mom. No. No interest. That's at like all. my biggest fear. I know. That and like like those mom clicks. No, <laughs> I know. Out. See, I think there's something innately wrong with me because I'll see a woman walking with a stroller and she's struggling and I'm just like, I'm so sorry for you. Can I buy you a Starbucks? Like, <laughs> And she's you know? wearing Lululemon and she's got her cell phone on her and she's like very chic. That's like, I just can't. Sorry. Yeah, I can't, that's not you. I can't drop off and pick up because I don't feel like I fit in that crowd. So Aww. recently my husband goes, oh, like, you know, first grade mom's going to get together. I'm like, oh, that's my biggest nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have a project with Sally Mae. I can't make it. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm so <laughs> sorry. But you could go. <laughs> because you've, isn't it? It's like school all over again. And then there's clicks. Yes. And, and it's so much effort. Clicks. And you're like, that's not the world I want to be in. I'm and very comfortable in my financial professional world yes yeah maintenance yeah rather be with my team and do my thing yeah yeah i'm more comfortable on stage in front of ten thousand people than (laughs) in a group of 30 moms mean girls um (laughs) (laughs) okay so when he talked to us about your lowest low what when was this in your career or in your life even gosh there were there's there's been quite a few i would say there's several times i've doubted whether what I was doing was the right way to do it. You know, building this company, doing, obviously doing social media and just working so hard because, you know, when you're, when you're still, when they, when they consider you're a pioneer and not a lot of financial advisors have done social media to the extent that I have, there's a lot of things that you don't know if this is going to pan out. So you're like literally working for years, hoping you're going to get some clients out of this, Mm. Um, going on CNBC and whatnot. I mean, I'll tell you one low is when I first started working at Smith Barney. And it was about a weekend, and a financial advisor 
comes in and he's wearing a nice suit, everything. He goes like, welcome to Smith Barney. I said, oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, right? Mm. I was so proud because nobody I knew in my life was a financial advisor. Um, but he goes, yeah, it's, it's a great thing they hired you. The manager got a great bonus for hiring you because you're a double minority. <gasps> and my whole life, I had never heard that term before. So my knee-jerk reaction at you know, 24, 25 years old was like, oh, thank you. Because I didn't know what he was saying. Right. And then when he walked out, I was like, oh, that's what he's saying. Mm. And I was thinking, how am I going to walk out of this office? Because that's what they all think. That that's why I got hired. Mm. And then I was like, I felt so small. But then I was like, whatever, I'm going to outproduce you all. I'm going to show you. Yeah. And sure enough, like a couple years later, I ended up in the corner office. And then now, you know, now I see him at conferences and he's like, and I just turned the other way. I'm like, you know what? I got better things. You, and sorry, but I'm a lot bigger than you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a jerk for make trying to make you feel small. Because why, why would somebody make a comment like that? Because that's the financial industry. Is it? Yes. Okay, so it's male-dominated. Absolutely. Is it still very much today? It absolutely is. And There's do you, no maternity leave. No. In 2019, the financial industry, for financial advisors, there's no such thing as maternity leave. Wait, I don't understand. I thought that was just kind of like across the board in all professions. Nope. Wow. Yep. Guys, this is mind-blowing. We've made so much progress, and then <laughs> and then you hear something like this, and you're yeah. like, yeah. Do you have any mantras that you live by? I do. Um, actually, so I share a quote with my kids every couple of days because this is my big belief. So one of my things is like, I'm a big believer in karma. So one of the quotes that I shared this week, I feel like summed everything up. And that was that, you know, um, you are always polite. And, it's something like you're always polite and kind, not because the other person is, but because you are. Mm. And I think like when I look back at my life and my career, I have no real regrets. Like if I ended it tomorrow, I'd be okay. And that's because I treated everybody right. Mm. And I feel like I treated everybody I could the right way, the best that I could. And um, so I'm at peace. Yeah. So I, I got to where I needed to be and without hurting anybody along the way in, in a very ugly industry. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Life is good. <laughs> Life is good. So what do you say to yourself when you're faced with an obstacle that feels impossible to overcome? I mean, you do a lot. You're dealing with crap at work. You got crap at home. You're, you know, kids stuff. Not every day is peachy all the time. So what do you say to yourself? That you just got to breathe and you got to take it one day at a time. You'll figure it out. I always say you'll figure it out. One way or there, it'll figure it out or you decide not to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I think um, when I hit 40, it was like sort of like my Oprah moment. I felt like (laughs) when I was in my 30s, life was good. But when I turned 40, life got Great. And mm. I say that because um, you have this sort of clarity and this peace and things don't get to you as they used to get to me. Like in my 20s, things would really get to me and I get stressed out and I get anxiety. Yeah. And like, but then like 30s was a little bit better. But 40s, I'm just like, gosh, life is beautiful. And um, and you you I think success is happening a lot faster now. Yeah. Opportunities come like Literally today, on my, I, we drove from Irvine to L.A., and I think today I already got four opportunities just pop in my email. No way. Like, like huge. Like a university today, huge university wants me to, 
Takino. And then uh, like three brands reached out, or, like two brands reached out, and then one, like another national television show wants me on. It's like, I feel like a lot of good now happens. And I worked really hard to get here. Yeah. But the last like two or three years have been very, very good. Damn, you are such a badass. Okay, <laughs> no, so <call> old. <laughs> not even. And by the way, I, d- I wouldn't even think you were 40. I mean, I'm doing the math with the kids and everything and their ages. And I'm like, and then your your business for 20 years, like, I'm not going to ask your age, but you look phenomenal. Oh, you're too kind. Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, I, I was going to say on an island. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 10 years from now, I think, you know, I, I tell my publicist, you know what? I don't think in 10 years they're going to want me on TV anymore. No <laughs> but, way. But who knows? I mean, we have a lot of stuff going on. We have this TV show that's about to start soon on the CW. And um, we got, uh, I don't know. And I'm excited to not know. I think I want to be open for new opportunities. I will say I am blessed to have so many incredible fans, not even fans. I should say, take that back. I mean, clients and friends supporters um, supporters yeah i mean our community is incredible um i don't even know why i said fan. i don't have fans okay let me take that i don't Sorry. have any fans but like i will say i have the most amazing friends i have better friends now than i had in like high school yeah you know it's pretty awesome and the people that i surround myself now are all working so hard pushing so hard and they're like their side hustle has a side hustle has a side mm. hustle and those are like my people i feel like like the nerds back then were like really cool now. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. So is there anything that you do on a day-to-day now that you're hoping to kind of move past and not have to do anymore? Hmm. Because I know you're already, you're, you're already pretty big time. I know you, you have a team. I mean, I've, in the short time I've known you, I've already interacted with two of your staff members. So I know <laughs> you, you've got a lot. Um, but yeah, tell us about... Yeah. I think I think... At least one more company, possibly two. And the reason I want to do this is I have an incredible team. And I would like to build out um, another company or two for them to run because they could and they're ready. And we would, I would build wealth, even bigger wealth for them. Mm. Um, I think that's cool because, you know, not everybody's designed to start businesses. And I feel like I'm actually really good at building businesses that are really successful. Amazing. And I know some wonderful people that would support me, that could run it, that could, you know, do amazing things, but they need someone to sort of create that company and have that vision. And I think I could do that and let them run it and then build wealth for them and their families. So that's really my sort of my heart goal right now is to build at least one or two more entities uh, to multi-million dollar businesses that they can take off and um, my legacy, I would just continue to consult and work with other companies and give other companies starting off, helping them build it to that next level. Because I'm really good at getting teams strong enough to take over the work so I can focus on strategy. God, you're amazing. No. You're amazing. And I've enjoyed every second of this interview. I swear, Winnie, we are definitely staying in touch. You guys, how are you not in love with her already? She's I'm amazing. I'm in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, okay, give me all of your handles because everyone needs to follow you everywhere. So what are you on Instagram? I appreciate that. Winnie's Instagram is winniesun.com. I'm not that great. So I have any tips? Happy to hear, to hear, uh, hear all of them because Jenna does an amazing job on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really active on Twitter. And that's at Winnie Sun. 
And then LinkedIn, obviously, it's Winnie Sun. And um, Facebook, I think it's Winnie Sun, Curtis. I think it's Winnie Sun, too, over there. <laughs> okay. Um, you can find me at The Jenna Ben and the show at The Jenna Ben Show on Instagram. We air every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Pacific and re-air every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific. See you next week. <laughs>